The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? This is a Danger Entertainment podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And we're going to try this again. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself. Mike, how are you guys doing? How you doing? Good. No, no you did it all wrong. It's how you doing. How uh, you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, wait. There you uh, go. There you um, go. Hey. It is, like I said, another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is off. We're, we're going to sound a little off tonight because we're not recording the night we usually record. No. Yeah, because somebody, not naming any names, has like a honey oh, of a score. Alert. I'm not going to say who it is. Well, I'll said, say it's you. I, I've, it's I've already, you. I've already said it on Twitter. Okay. Well, Enough Mike is the one. That gets to have Emily Swallow from The Mandalorian on Wookiee Radio, but he's got to do it on our night. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, we get bumped by the armor. (sighs) This is the way. This is the way. I I want. But I'm not bitter. 
check out the homepage. The new link to our new web store is up. Order between now and February 14th for 14% off your purchase. Um, the new hat with the Word Balloon logo is up and active. Looks great. A uh, couple new. I've, I even brought back the gray hat that's got the color underbill under it. I really like that style hat. They put up a new one. and They call it like a, a shadow hat. That looks really nice. It's uh, the body of the hat is one color. The bill is another color with some striping on it. Okay. Looks really nice. Um, but also to check out our partners at Heroes and Villains, use the code Field Agents for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Uh, also to check out our other other affiliates, which. Um, helps us help supporting them supports us as well. So here we go. We're going to try and recreate last week's magic <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> um, I'm going to start off with the news that really is hitting everything today. And that is Sam Raimi is in talks to direct Dr. Strange Two. This is, coming, this is coming from comicbook.com where I got our particular story to draw discussion from. From you know, I can kind of see that. Hmm. I mean, I don't know that he can get as psychedelic as uh, as Doctor Strange can very easily get, but good lord, Sam Raimi can get dark. Oh. And and if this is going to be dark, well, yeah. Well, we, we know, uh, what's it, the Multiverse of Madness is supposed to have a horror-esque style to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi is known for, uh, oh, a little franchise called Evil Dead. Which mm-hmm. also, t- there's another tie-in to that. Right. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies also had Bruce freaking Campbell. Yes. And at least two of them. I can't remember if he had a cameo in Spider-Man 3. Right. But in the first two, yes. So, you know, I am totally on board with this. If that means we get Bruce Campbell in the MCU. Ah, why not? Ah, why not? I'm just saying. I mean, okay, guys, and I'm just going to throw this out here. I would love to see him cast as Nightmare. That would be awesome. I I like that. You That's, can see that. He, I, he's kind of got that look, that crazy-eyed he look. Does. He really does. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board. I'm on board. That, that's... Hey, Kevin Feige, if you're listening. I, I, okay, so how soon can this happen? That's why I want to know. They're in talks, so... And again, Doctor Strange, the the new one, um, shoot. Multiverse of Madness, I think well, you said it yes. was. Yes, supposed to be a horror film. Evil Dead, Sam Raimi was behind it. Right. Let's let's make it happen. Can, can we turn Doctor Strange's psychedelic into more of that style of horror? Well, I mean, in the comics, like cer- certain story arcs are certainly darker. Yes. So I, I, and I haven't read a ton of Doctor Strange, but I don't know. Did did even did any of you read uh, Contagion, no. uh, the the miniseries from uh, late last year? No. So Doctor Strange figures pretty heavily towards the end of that one, and 
it's weird because there's like this it's dark but it's almost like a weird dark humor to part of it because it involves it brings in uh professor magico so um uh, I I would like it. Plus, Sam Raimi can do straight horror, but he also does like that dark humor aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would I would be on board. You know, you know, I'm I'm I I I'm having visions now. This is I want this to happen. Visions on another program. <laughs> we'll get to him later. Yes. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about him later. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, Sam Raimi does dark and he does dark well, but even his dark, it, it's not without a little lightheartedness here and there. Right. right. I mean, you know, who I, I now now that I think about it, I, I couldn't really think of anybody else that I would want to do uh, Doctor Strange. I mean, because it's okay, because we already know that it's going to be pretty dark based on uh, WandaVision kind of sp- is going to be the lead in. Right. And sometimes you have to be careful that dark doesn't go too dark. I mean, there's still Marvel. So there there should be a little bit of, okay. I don't know, I just- you shouldn't tell left. But how how bar how bar how dark would be too dark? Are like we straight horror? Are, are, are we are we thinking are we thinking New Mutants is going to be too dark? I don't think so anymore. I think initially it was going to be. Um, I I think it, it's going to be X Men dark. Okay, but I I think that there was I think prior to the merger I think it was going to be just straight up. I think I think they wanted to, you know, bring horror into the superhero genre. Although people forget about the Blade series, but I digress. That being said, uh, I think that what's what we're getting now is still going to be dark. There's still going to be some psychological horror-ish aspects to it, but I don't think that it's going to be. Um, traditional horror. I don't think. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned Blade. Blade was pre-MCU. Right. So pre, pre-totally different aspect. Right. Um, but for MCU, mm-hmm. what do we have? Right now, New Mutants can be setting the tone for how dark it's going to be dark. Right. So... I mean, there, there, there isn't, there hasn't been uh, to this point. There hasn't been anything that is that would be considered horror. You know, there, there might be kind of like some thriller-ish stuff, but not horror. You know, there's some horror moments, yes, yeah. like the as the the Asgardian zombie army. Yeah, Ragnarok. That that was. I think you, that that gave you a taste, and it was and it fit. It was okay, you know. Right. So, um, did I actually delete that? I guess I did. So yeah, that's what I've got for that particular story. All right. Well, alrighty. Well, that's a pretty so, cool story. Now, and, and I really hope that it comes true. Me too. 
from from our new friends, the Pop Insider, uh, we we get a story talking about the first look at Marvel Disney Plus shows, and of course, other trailers as well. Um, did y'all get a chance to see this trailer from uh, the Super Bowl? I I did. Um, I watched it online. I did. <laughs> okay, where to begin? Falcon and Winter Soldier looks awesome. Uh, yes, it does. WandaVision looks entertaining. And, you know, Dawn picked up on some Easter eggs that kind of makes her think that this, uh, where the story is going to go. Um, There is one part where it looks like uh, somebody spits, like, pea soup on her. And if you stop that frame, it looks like two babies. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, um, and there there was something else where it kind of looks like it's in the Brady Bunch home, and uh, it, there was something else that kind of looks like it's you see two children like or two cribs or something. Um, maybe the this is the uh, this lead in because it's Wanda goes crazy. Yeah. I wonder then if we're going to see Agatha Harkness. Uh, Because I believe at one point in time, she was the nanny for the two kids. Oh. Let me look that up real quick. Okay. Marvel Agatha Harkness. Um. Uh, da 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 da. Uh, she's been depicted as one of the original witches from the Salem Witch Trials. Yay. Um, okay. She was protecting Franklin Richards as his nanny. And she also mentored Wanda in real magic. Okay. Okay. Okay, hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Eventually, Salem 7 took over the new Salem community again. They captured Athka, killed her by burning at the stake, though she made her presence known to Wanda in what appeared to be a post-death astral form. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, da, da, da. No, she has been around the babies. Um, yeah, Wanda became unstable after her husband's dismantling. Ooh, oh, that's not good. Uh, let Agatha resurfaced again live a well when Wanda's infant children began exhibiting odd behavior, which is disappearing for brief periods of time. Right. Um, Mephisto claimed that the Scarlet Witch's children were actually fragments of his own soul and reabsorbs them. At which point, Agatha briefly mind-wiped her memory of her children in an attempt to help her deal with the trauma. Okay. Mm. That'd be a pretty deep cut if they did that. Yeah. Yeah. She also concurrently serves as the omniscient narrator of Vision's ongoing solo title, which, you know, (laughs) not current. Having induced precognitive visions through arcane ritual involving the murder of Ebony, that's her black cat, at some undetermined point before her death. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in the Super Bowl spot, we first see 
um, starts off with the shield in a tree. Mm-hmm. And we see Sam grab the shield and toss it towards another tree. So he's practicing the throw. Right. Yep. Then we see uh, guys in skydiving squirrel suits. Mm-hmm. And then we see the new Falcon suit. And it's getting closer to the more traditional look. I don't know quite how I feel about that, but... Uh, then we see a shot of Zemo, and... Okay. I, I'm glad he's brought back. Trying to see who's with him. Oh, Bucky is there. And then all of a sudden, you see Bucky's hand with just bullets dropping out of the hand. Then we cut to... Then they cut to WandaVision, and it starts off in black and white. Dick Van Dyke show. Yep. And then during this, this transition happens so quick. i got to slow this down even more. Um... We go to, like, the 70s, maybe that 70s show. Is this or Brady Bunch. It's Brady Bunch. Maybe it's Brady Bunch. Then all of a sudden, we see her in the traditional Scarlet Witch costume, almost as if this is potentially a Halloween costume. Don't know yet. Then we see her in modern time in the black and white background. Okay. Then we see her wearing, like, overalls of... Plaid shirt, ragged hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't figure out which show that's supposedly. That's a Beverly Hillbillies or, no. or, or uh, Andy Griffith. Maybe Grace Under Fire or uh, Roseanne. Mm-hmm. Now, Roseanne could be. Uh, then we go back to Dick Van Dyke's show-esque. Okay, um, Brady Bunch. And in the Brady Bunch, it looks like she's pregnant. Right. And then it cuts back to the TV with Modern Time, with Scarlet Witch in modern clothes, Vision in black and white, Scarlet Witch in color. Um, Yeah, the more I hear about this, I I still need to watch this video. The more it strikes me, this is is all inside Wanda's head. Yeah. This this is where, you know how the Scarlet Witch went kind of cuckoo during the comics? Yeah, this would be it. This, I think, I think we're seeing this. Now, after all that, we get a shot of it saying uh, the universe is expanding. And then we see the backside of a Captain America with a marching band introducing him. But it's not Sam. Nope. It's John Walker, isn't it? It's John Walker. I'm looking at the shot right now, and there's a lot more red on this on, on this uniform than it was on Steve's. And then on the tail end, we have Loki. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out the outfit he's wearing. Oh, it is, it's a prisoner co- outfit. Kylan, I think you you were about to to finish that. You go uh, well. You 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 probably noticed what what the time. I mean, what the organization that is. You go. Yeah, with. it is the. It, if we are correct, and this is something that I have seen in a few articles, it is the logo of the Time Variance Authority. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's kind of like if you remember the uh, the Jean Claude Van Damme movie Time Cop. Yeah, it's Time Cop. Okay. If you're messing with the time, if you're messing with time, they're coming to get you. Messing with time is definitely a crime. Yes. Okay. Well, the other big spot was the Black Widow big game spot, uh, and the, it starts off with the line, "You don't know everything about me." The Avengers weren't my first family, and we we just pretty much see the same footage that we've already seen. Yeah. 
But I am so looking forward to this movie. Yes. Yeah. Because I want to see Taskmaster. Because at one point in time, we thought, um, oh, what's his name? Grant Ward in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to be Taskmaster when he went rogue and went Hydra. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But uh, oh, Brett Dalton. Brett Dalton. Brett Dalton. Yep. Yep. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! I want to see Taskmaster, and I want to see Red Guardian. Yes. I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, we know that he's pretty much a ripoff of Captain America. Right. He's pretty much been that way since he first appeared in the comics. But I just, I love the the glimpses I have seen of him. It's almost like a Mr. Incredible kind of vibe. Right. It is. Now, Iger came out in the uh, quarterly earnings call and announced Falcon and Winter Soldier, August of 2020. Okay. Then he continued on The Mandalorian Season 2, which I'm hoping gets a comic that leads up to the start of the series. Right. Yeah. Or maybe he makes appearances in um, the Bounty Hunters book that's coming out. Okay. October um, 2020. What if he shows up in a Dr. Aphra? That would be awesome as well. I mean, isn't that no slightly different times time frame? Right. I think he could, he could still take place during that. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, he's an adult during that whole time period. Yeah. So, and speaking of Doctor, be, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of Doctor Afro, I've got the perfect casting for her. The, no, no. If we're doing a younger casting, the actress who played uh, Marco in Pacific Rim. Oh. Okay, here's another here's another thought. What about the girl that's tapped to play Mulan in the live action remake? It's possible too. I mean, she may be a little bit too young. I, I'm thinking Marco a little bit more. The actress who plays Marco. Yeah. Um, only because I think she's got more of the look to her. Um, okay, I could. Now, WandaVision is supposed to be December of 2020 and Loki sometime after the next or sometime in 2021 probably shortly after the first of the year okay. now Iger said there are seven other Marvel series in various stages of development or pre-production uh, previously confirmed are What If Hawkeye Moon Knight Miss Marvel and She-Hawk that's five right. you did your, if you did your math and if it's common core you hopefully still got five if you didn't if you didn't that's acceptable too um because that's common core um the remaining two shows Iger teased are almost certainly the two non-fiction shows in development both Marvel's 616 a anthological documentary series exploring the intersection between Marvel's rich legacy of stories, characters, and creators and the world outside your window. And Marvel Storyboards, a series following Marvel Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada. Cool. Okay. Now, I will confess, I may know briefly some information about one of these. Okay. And I cannot say on air. And that's fair. Not until yeah. I can actually confirm this. So, um, but other than that, there are no other shows in development for Disney Plus. Uh, Kevin Feige previously teased that the studio was already has five uh, phase five completely mapped out as well, meaning that more shows are definitely on their way, but they're just not going to tell us yet. Um, according to Feige, we debated what we should announce today. Um, this was from San Diego Con. 
San Diego Comic-Con last year, or the San Diego Con, because it's almost a con. Um, should we announce Phase 4 or Phase 5? We're planning, we're planning them out. We've got five years down the road, and I was like, I think 11 projects in two years is plenty, having not mentioned anything for two or three years. Mm. So, y'all's thoughts on this from Iger and the release dates. Hmm. I say with the release dates, not soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. But but I look at it this way, I would rather them not rush them out. Right. True. I can I can far more comfortably tolerate a a movie you taking your time to make the movie right than to rush it through and put forth a crappy product. But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a little jaded from that happening with too many video games lately. Yeah. Yeah. Like and and I know I'm I'm rabbit holing here big time, but uh War Four uh Warcraft three reforged, I mean, do you really need a more classic example of a rush through game that's total poop. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront. This is worse. Ooh. It, uh, last time I checked, it had like a point, a 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.4 Metacritic score. Ooh. User Ooh. score. Ooh. It's not good. It's not good at all. Mm-mm. Well, the Bob Iger score came to us from, uh, comicbook.com. Now, going back to Pop the Pop Insider, I thought this was pretty cool. The Tom's Marvel collab is a classic. Now, Tom's is the type of shoe. Of course, we know what Marvel is, and they are coming together to do sneakers that are um, Marvel and Marvel-themed. Okay. And there's some cool-looking things on here. There's a pair where, uh, I don't know if these are just for women, um, but there's a pair that are all comic book strip. Awesome. They're, it's a classic. They're available in men and women's sizes with iconic comic book strips ablazoned on them. And they're like a slip-on shoe. Okay. Uh, next is the Travel Light Low Sneakers. Uh, women can choose to represent Iron Man in a red version or keep it neutral for black. The men's version is only in black. There's also the Travel Light High Sneakers. Uh, there are Tiny Toms. Uh, the High Sneakers are almost like a like a, a Converse-style type shoe. Okay. There are Tiny Toms for the Tots, and these are all great-looking shoes. Personally, I wish the Spider-Man shoes were in adult size. Those look awesome. I would wear them. These these are pretty pretty cool. You know, and you know, you would think that. Well, it's not as it's not like kids are the only ones who likes who like Spider-Man. You know, give us some love too. You know. Yeah, my only thing about the the classics, the, the video they have for this shows a guy in like white beach pants with the rolled cuff. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sell me because I'm not that type of guy. But being a slip-on, I I don't know. I don't know. But but these are those are pretty cool. Right. Uh we're talking with the classics, sixty five bucks. The travel light low sneakers. Um uh, eighty five to ninety five bucks. 
mean, okay, yeah, you're paying for the license, but I mean, not badly priced. I'd almost rather do the slip-on where I get more more Marvel look to my buck for my for my buck. Right. So, um, looks good though. It's a, it's, it's cool. I, I like the along with the the retro uh, logos and fonts. Yeah. Uh, here here's. Uh, going back to comicbook.com, Thor Ragnarok had a deleted scene that seemingly spoiled the arrival of Love and Thunder. Okay. So, in the deleted scene that has surfaced online, uh, it shows Hela's arrival on Earth. In the final cut, Hela arrives only after Odin has passed on. Uh, in the deleted scene that surfaced, thanks to Disney's mega collectible Infinity Saga back set, this this bit changes a little bit to show Hela and Odin interact on screen as Thor and Loki look on. Uh, as it's pointed out, the sequence suggests the name of the sequel um, of the fourth film. Uh, the sequence also suggests the name of the Love and Thunder movie. In the background, the New York alleyway is plastered with an array of posters with various Easter eggs, including an apparent... Band poster with Thunder Love in bold, big bold letters. Um, coincidentally, other posters in the shot tease a new series in addition to dropping a nod to Journey into Mystery, the classic Marvel series in which Thor and most of his supporting characters debuted in. And could Journey into Mystery be Thor 5? That's a good question. So, um,. Now, explaining why they changed it, Watiti mentioned in a previous interview that Marvel uh, thought it was a little too convenient to have such a pivotal scene take place right down the street from Doctor Strange. Uh, he added, what we wanted to do was have them go down to Earth and see Doctor Strange and stuff, but it felt too convenient that he was suddenly just down the road in an alley and everything, and also everything up to then, everything was so fast-paced and all over the place. We wanted to go somewhere peaceful and actually chill out with these characters and be with Odin while he imparts wisdom and stuff and not have to hear stupid yellow caps honking out the back. So, um, so at this point in time, uh, they give us a nice timeline of what's coming. Uh, Black Widow, May 1st. Falcon, Winter Soldier in August. WandaVision, December. The Eternals, November 6th. Shang-Chi and the Legend of Teen Rings, Ten Rings, on February 12th, 2021. Loki in Spring 2021. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, May 7th, 2021. Spider-Man 3, July 16th, 2021. What If in Summer 2021. Hawkeye in Fall of 2021. And Black Panther, May 6th, 2022. Wow. That's a lot. But I don't think that's that's all the uh, Phase 4 movies either. Hmm. Is it? I... uh... Well, I mean, but aren't there aren't weren't there a couple that were un untitled that are still out there that they haven't even Yeah, the Mar- the Marvel the Marvel six one six and the uh and the other one that we just talked about from I mean, I mean I mean like uh for the movies. Because uh, there I, were I think so. uh, the only things I couldn't imagine what those untitled ones would be unless uh unless No, 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 no. 
uh, we're missing um, some of the shows from Disney Plus. There's only like four movies. Okay. Which Black Widow, Spider Man Three, Eternals, um, Panther, actually five, and uh, Doctor Strange. So next year we're only next year we're only going to have two movies. I mean this year? Next year. No, next year we got three. We got three. Doctor Strange, um, Panther Two, or no, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, maybe only two. Yeah. Maybe uh, only two. Get, yeah. Three this year. If you count New Mutants, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Which we're still saying New Mutants, MCU. Oh well, I mean that. It, but did they say it was MCU? Remember, they said it was. Then on D twenty three newsletter, then it got pulled. Oh well, you know, to, as far as I'm concerned, too late. The horse out of the barn. Yeah, you you don't put together a story like that and create the page if it's not just to pull it last uh, after you release it or announce right. it. So now. Um, this question has been brought up and most recently I saw this on comicbook.com. Um, why no Black Widow characters were in Infinity War or Endgame? Uh, obviously they're still there. I mean, they're present because, you know, the Black Widow movie is a collection or is a prequel set during the events of phase three. I'm assuming right after Civil War. Right. Um, and of course, Red Guardian and the others are, you know, you know, she's interacting with them, uh, prior to the events of Infinity War and Endgame. Um, but apparently, as it turns out, they may have been locked up in jail. So join me as we go on this journey of say what <laughs> it, it would almost be like a journey of with this theory of. Leia not being Luke's sister. Did you actually just go there? I think I just he, actually went there. He totally went there. <sighs> okay, I'm going to have to call your wife and tell her to smack you. <laughs> he he went there. I went there. No, I... Okay. <sighs> we'll just say this, it's based on a uh, moron alert. Well, it's an ID10T error. That's what it is. <laughs> I, there was this individual who posted in a certain Star Wars Facebook group a YouTube video of th- that they had made claiming the truth is revealed that Leia is not Luke's sister. Total clickbait. And, and the best response that I have seen so far was somebody that just replied, dude, have you even seen Star Wars? <laughs> hey, I thought I was pretty creative with mine. Yep. Nope. Well, I thought I was pretty clever with mine, with old man Steve Rogers saying, no, I don't think I will. Yeah. Then the individual tries to come back at me with a Star Wars quote going, this is why you fail. I said, if by that you mean fail to give your little theory any credence at all, then, yeah, you're pretty much right. Well, then... I, po- I post mine, and he comes back. Do you have a YouTube channel? Which Eric goes, it's a trap. And I'm like, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> it, it, it's oh, people. Then the, then there the, are some, there are some. We'll just call them interesting theories. 
not necessarily well thought out theories. And this is true of both Star Wars and Marvel. True. Yeah, I, I'm not going to mention this guy's site, but I want to. I'm curious to see how many videos does he have. Okay, he's only got one, two, three, four. Oh, you actually looked him up. He's only got four videos. But every video he does is a labor of love, and is for Star Wars fans everywhere. That's something that he post put in his original post. But yeah, I, okay. Tell me again how we got onto him. Because we're talking about a theory in regards to where is the gang from okay. Black Widow. Okay. They're saying they, they might have been locked up in jail. They may have been in prison. They may have been dead. It's true, too. Now, at the end of Civil War, any superhero activity without permission of the government was ruled as illegal. Okay. Are you sure you're not talking about Watchmen? Ah! That was true for Watchmen as well. True. Now, remember the Sokovia Accord, government had control over superhero activity. Right. Who's to say Russia was a part of that? I'm assuming they probably were. Um, now, Black Widow, Falcon, and Captain America decided to go underground before turning up again in Infinity War. When they did pop up, it was just a trio of heroes ruled as criminals in the eyes of Thaddeus, Thaddeus Ross and other law- lawmakers. And as a result, uh, should be arrested during a conversation where they encounter War Machine later in the film. Uh, War Machine assisted them as Thanos was marching closer uh however thaddeus ross may have already had some already had some superheroes under arrest uh at the end of the new tv spot super bowl commercial natasha is not alone at the bottom of where all the debris from some uh had fallen from some sort of high altitude action sequence um she is with yelena molina and alexi um whose face may be covered to indicate a change in his beard that could give some sort of hint in regards to the timeline. In another trailer, a convoy and Thaddeus Ross are seen en route to a location that looks like it could be similar to this one. Could he be on his way to arrest the first family Black Widow had? That's possible. Um, furthermore, it seems Natasha might somehow be unaware of their jailing, uh, which is the missing piece of this entire mystery slash theory. I would think if they were jailed, she would know with as tied into the networks as she was. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Thaddeus Ross has Yelena captive, whereas Natasha might somehow think she's dead, um, only to be unleashed somewhere down the line as the new Black Widow for the MCU or possibly a member of a Thunderbolts roster. Could that be one of our first team films in Phase 5? That's possible. Oh, oh my gosh, the Thunderbolts. Hey, hey you know who you know who com- who commanded the Thunderbolts for a little while? Yeah. Each. Who? Well, also, uh, it wasn't just Luke Cage, but also uh, Clint Barton. Yeah, yeah. And Luke Cage will be available by the time of Phase 5. Right. And they're talking Daredevil will be making appearances in movies. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. Now, speaking of which, and speaking of Hawkeye, let's go into some comic news. Um, Hawkeye is back in his own Marvel series titled Hawkeye Freefall. Uh, and the series sees Clint... Barton going up against a criminal known as the Hood. At the same time, a a brutal new vigilante emerges wearing Clint's old Ronin persona, Hmm. which casts suspicion 
towards Clint. Uh, this person has taken over Clint's old mantle, which also belonged to at least three other Marvel heroes, um, but has kept their identity a secret until now. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for number two, Hawkeye Freefall number two. But back in Freefall one, uh, Hawkeye confronted the Hood and his gang. Um, wait, I want to make sure I'm not repeating this later. Okay, so if that was not a spoiler, I don't know what it was. Um, Hawkeye won the fight, but the Hood's henchmen went to jail. Clint's next meal was interrupted by a visit from the Falcon Winter Soldier with news about this new Ronin attacking a pair of armored cars and doing serious damage to some ex-Shield agents. The other past Ronins, Echo, Blade, and Red Guardian are all accounted for. I did not realize Red Guardian was a Ronin. I neither. So this led Sam and Bucky to check out Clint. Clint proved it wasn't him by joining the duo as they went after the new Ronin. They found him, which proved it couldn't be Clint. Now we're going to jump ahead to Ronin, uh, Hawkeye 2. Ronin hits one of the Hood's safe houses and threatens to kill one of the henchmen working there. But the henchman is smarter than Ronan assumed. He calls Ronan's bluff. He knows Ronan won't kill him because he knows Ronan is Hawkeye. That's one mystery solved, but there's the question of how Clint and Ronan were in the same place at the same time. Is he working with someone? Is it a doppelganger? You're just going to have to wait and see. So, and this book came out uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's making stories now. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, well, sometimes so, it... Uh, sometimes it pays. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably going to be one of those books I'm going to pick up. Uh, the Collective Series on digital. Right. Because um, I'm already behind on it. But um, I guess let's just go ahead and hit uh, the all-important. The all... Powerful. Pardon the interruption. Here are the picks of the week. Thursday. You guys stop thinking like we do. As always, gentlemen, a great pleasure watching you work. She knows how to kiss up. You got to give that to her. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I am when, one when of the she... most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together? I take that back. <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. We got sass. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, since I got the MU pick this week... Again, because things got messed up uh, a little while ago, um, or for the beginning of the year. I'm going to start us off with Hawkeye. Pony? Oh, sorry. Never mind. My little pony. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. You want? <laughs> I do have a daughter who did watch that show. Um, Hawkeye, Free Fall, number three. Uh, it's by Matt, Matthew Rosenberg, Otto Schmidt, and Kim Jacino. Jacinto, uh, as things around him are getting worse, are getting more dangerous, Clint Barton is being pushed to make some tough and probably really bad decisions. Meanwhile, the mysterious new, new Ronin is waging war against the Hood, and Hawkeye is caught in the middle of it. The web of lies, our friendly neighborhood archer finds himself caught in, will have the spectacular ramifications when he's confronted by our amazing secret guest star. Shh, it's Spider-Man. Aw, you ruined it. You wrecked and revealed. Doggone it. Wait, wait, I'll fix that. Oh, spoiler alert. So, Eric, why don't you go next? Okay, uh, my first pick of the week is 
Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme, number three, by Mark Wade and Kev Walker. Tattoo removal isn't in a surgeon's job description, but when one man's heavy metal tattoos begin coming to life, Doctor Strange will have to make an exception. With the clock ticking down rapidly, will Doctor Strange be able to save his patient or himself? Find out as Doctor Strange gets drawn into the diagnosis. Literally. Okay. Interesting. Kylan, your first pick of the week. My first pick is Jessica Jones' Blind Spot number three of, I guess, six. Uh, it's brought to us by Kelly Thompson uh, as a writer. Mattia De Lewis is an artist, and the cover artist is Valerio Giordano. As Jessica reopens a cold case in the hopes of bringing a former client's murderer to justice, she finds herself caught in the web of a serial killer who seems to be hunting powerful women. And his latest target is monster hunter Elsta Bloodstone. Okay. Well, my second pick of the week is Gwen Stacy number one. One of five. It's by Christos N.K. Gage, Todd Nauk. And Adam Hughes. Uh, the first of Gwen Stacy's amazing adventures. Gwen and Peter may not have may not have met until Amazing Spider-Man 31, but that doesn't mean Gwen's life began on that page. Learn the never before never before told origin of Gwen Stacy, top of her class, daughter of the police captain, and as her friend Harry Osborne calls her, the beauty queen of Standard High. But she's way more than you ever know. Gwen's got a science brain that knows for trouble and a no-quit attitude that always gets her in trouble. But early in the Marvel Universe, that's a recipe for disaster. Don't miss Gwen, Captain Stacy, Harry, and Norman Osborne, Prime Master Wilson Fisk, Gene DeWolf, Yuri Wanatabi, and even Spider-Man. So, but I love the cover for this issue. It looks amazing. So, Eric, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Excalibur number seven by Tini Howard, Wilton Santos, and Mamad Azrar. The Huntsman and the Warwolves. Excalibur faces an old foe, uh, this time as the hunters rather than the game. Okay. Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick is Marvel Tales Wolverine number one, brought to us by Chris Claremont, Dave Cockrum, and Inhyuk Lee. He's the best there is at what he does. And Wolverine is here to prove it as we celebrate the 80th anniversary of the House of Ideas with the era-spanning Marvel Tales. This anthology series shines a spotlight on a fan-favorite characters and uh, features timeless stories and highlights some of our most impressive talent from the past eight decades first with the x-men captured by the brood logan slashes his way through the alien hordes but can his healing factor beat back their deadly infection relieve relive this classic tale from uncanny x-men uh, n- number 186 from 1981. Then in X-Men number 4 from 1991, Wolverine's past as an espionage agent returns to haunt him, but now all the X-Men are in the deadly Omega Reds crosshairs. 
And when Magneto threatens the entire planet, a climatic battle will change everything for Logan in the Seismic X-Men 1991, number 25. Okay. Well, final pick of the week is star for me is Star Wars Rise Carlo Kylo Ren number 3 of 4 a rise of Kylo Ren um and this going to be a quick thing cuz I don't have a write up for it well okay yeah for some reason write ups seem to be kind of hard to find on our normal yeah yeah it's kind of like the intern's been taking some days off Yep. So, Eric, final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Savage Avengers number 10, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Patrick Zercher, and art cover art by Valerio Giangiordano. Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, and Conan the Barbarian set out to kill Gulan Gath before he grows stronger. The team-up you never knew you couldn't live without concludes. We hope you'll be okay. Okay. Kylan, final pick of the week. My final pick is Iron Man 2020, number two. Uh, brought to us by writer Dan Slott, uh, artist Chris Sosen Gage, and the cover artist Pete Woods. The Rebel Compliance. All is well. The Robot Rebellion has been dealt with. Humanity is perfectly safe. You may all think Arnold Stark. The Iron Man of 2020. Don't you feel better now? Machine Man is not coming to kill you and everyone you love. One zero one zero one zero one 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 zero zero one one zero zero one one zero zero. Pay no attention to those numbers. Those were a typo. We apologize for any errors, glitches, or unforeseen problems that may have. Uh, you have any of your Braintronics devices. A new software patch is coming for everything. Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. (laughs) Uh... Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Careful with code like that. Look, that's what was in there. I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was going to set her off. We're talking Thursday here. And Thursday and Thursday on a Wednesday. On top of that, uh, that, that we're we're pre- we're pretty much already know what we're playing with as it is. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got the MU pick for the week again, back to back, which is fine. Um, I went with I wanted to do the issue where we have the twins born to Wanda and Vision, but I went a different direction instead. I went with a supersized 350th issue. Oh. And this is the 350th issue for Captain America. That is probably my favorite issue of Captain America right there. This came out in February of 1989. Uh, writer is Mark Grunwald. Penciler was Karrion Dwyer. Inker was Al McGrom. Colorist, Gregory White. Letterer was Jack Morelli. Editor, Ralph Macchio. And I don't believe it's the same Ralph. It's not the same Ralph Macchio, as you may know, as yes. the Karate Kid. It's a totally different one. Now, this one's got uh, three different stories in it. It's Seeing Red, or actually four. Seeing Red, Captain America's Partners, uh, The Women in Captain America's Life, Six Captain Americas, and The Resurrection. Mm-hmm. 
Now, in Seeing Red, the synopsis, after months of manipulation from the resurrected Red Skull, Steve Rogers confronts and defeats his replacement as Captain America, John Walker. After defeating John Walker, Steve also battles his arch nemesis, Red Skull. In the process, the Skull, who is now a clone body of Steve Rogers, complete with the Super Soldier Serum, has his face permanently turned into a red shrunken mask, courtesy of his exposure to the, his notorious Dust of Death. The Skull once again escapes capture. In the end, the story, Steve Rogers assumes the mantle of Captain America once again. So, um, John Walker, U.S. agent. Mm-hmm. First appearance, I remember right, but it's him as uh, the Super Patriot, where you first see him. Well, they list yeah. the, they list this as Captain America because it says on the cover the Captain versus Captain America. Ah, right. uh, yeah, yeah, he was still, yeah, he had t- then uh, was it the power brokers had awarded the ship yeah. at that point. Well, the he had gone to the power broker to get. Basically, the the superpower. Yes, right. him and Battlestar. Right, Battlestar's in this in this issue. It's a supporting character. Um, now for seeing red because there there is oh that was seeing red. There is no synopsis for Captain America's partners. There's no synopsis for the women in Captain America's life, and there's no synopsis for the Captain the six Captain Americas. But uh, in the six Captain Americas, featured characters are Steve Rogers, Spirit of sixty six, uh, seventy six, Jeff William Mace. Mace I messed Patriot. up a lot. Jeff Mace, Grand Director, Roscoe, and John Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Resurrection, and there's no synopsis here. Uh, Basic here- Resurrection, I can tell you what that was. Basically, Resurrection is where Arnim Zola is basically removing a clone out of a clone vat. And the clone looks exactly like Steve Rogers. Okay. Is it? And this is basically it's the Red Skull being reborn, basically reincarnated in a clone Steve Rogers body. Oh, gosh, that was such a twisted story. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. And he has been uh, and the whole the whole story is him. uh recounting his memories mm-hmm. which which I think this is actually a pretty good way of doing a flashback story yeah it's kind of like uh, you know all these thoughts are running through my head talk about your thoughts they will help you you know see them more clearly you know what's the first thing you remember and basically it is the story of the red skull Right. Now, the notes with this, this issue is dedicated to Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. And Gail Runsitter is is identified as S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent 169. So that was my pick. I based it, I mean, I'll admit, I based it on the Super Bowl trailer. Um, and it was quicker for me to find this issue than to find the issue of the twins being born. Because that one I don't know off the top of my head. I know it's an Avengers issue, but I can't tell you which issue. But if you, the listeners, know our field agents, let us know on Twitter. And that could end up as a future Marvel Unlimited pick or a bonus pick next week. We'll see. I think probably upstairs in in one of my many long boxes, I have Captain America 350. I remember walking in a convenience store, saw it on the rack, and I had to get it. 
<laughs> you know, I was like, I had to get that book. Okay. I don't remember getting it. I, you myself, know, I, but that was 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had other stuff going on. Well, see, I, I was graduating from high school at that point, And so was I. I, I don't know. I, I just remember, I remember getting it. And number one, all of a sudden, at that point, I didn't realize that there had been so many other Cap- Captain Americas, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is probably – that to me is probably if you were to give a list of five Captain America comic books to somebody who wanted to know more about that character, that's probably number one on your list. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing – like – Still, you know, and at that point, I was still trying to figure out where did Jack Monroe fit into everything. Like, I think at that right when I started reading Captain America semi regularly, you had Nomad. It was him and Nomad, uh, and so I was like, okay, and I like Nomad. And I think by that point, Nomad may have had a solo series, and so then, you know, uh, it like all that thing with the with the Cap's partners. And and oh, that was that was just a well done book. Well, I did find the issue. Okay, since I was, since I was in the Marvel database anyway, the Marvel. Wiki. Well, let's go ahead and show it or, or talk about it. Vision and the Scarlet Witch. Oh, hold on a second. Vision and the Scarlet Witch, number twelve from the volume two run. This came out in September of nineteen eighty six. Writer was Steve Englehart, who I still want to bring on the show. Go for it. I'm going to have to. I need to reach out to him. Um, it was number 12 in a 12-issue limited series. And the synopsis for this, right? I'm trying to see if there's a solicit for this. This is the issue where, um, God, the synopsis is really long. <laughs> it might as well just tell the whole book. There are no yeah. notes for this. But on the cover, it, I mean, it, it says it right there. Scarlet Witch gives birth, but not without complications. As guest starring Magneto and Wonder Man. Yeah. Uh, Man did have a thing for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's also the first appearance of Billy and Tommy, the twins. Oh. So, um, yeah, so there we go. Two for one this week, just because of the uh, trailer. <laughs> it's a bogo of a deal. It's a super bowl of Marvel Unlimited picks. Ah, see what I did there? Uh-huh. Ah. All because plus. No? Okay. <laughs> so those are the picks of the week. Any final thoughts? Nope. Uh, no, no. Can't think of any thoughts. Uh, then on that note, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. <laughs> I have detected a ghost file in the database. Uploading it now.